0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your I host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Matthewson wor- wasn't worried about? S I E R A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there and on the other, other side of the screen team team is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clipped together every time we've talked
1: about him on other people's profiles we've done a mickey cochran episode i can't get past rabbit marinville it's it's not necessarily hall of fame it's not necessarily above average but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore
0: and welcome to above replacement radio we're talking baseball kind of whenever i am your host christian over there on the other side of the screen is daniel curran how you doing daniel
1: chris i'm doing great uh my fantasy baseball team, my F4 team doing really well. It's climbed all the way from ninth up to fourth. Sorry. Yeah. Up to fourth right now. Uh, You know, fantasy gotta love it. Right.
0: Yeah. I, I, yeah, I really, really like it. Um, You know, and you know, it it brings out
1: the best of people.
0: Exactly. And it's uh, it's easy to be, you know, short sighted and, and, you know, not look at the long way but when when you look at the short sights and you see how your team's been doing in the past month compared to the last compared to April um, where your team got 7 wins above replacement in the month of April even though they didn't play about a quarter of the month and now they can barely scratch across 5 uh you know it's easy to get a little a little uh, upset and you know yeah. you just check you just check the MLB app Like every day, and look at Wander Franco's stat line, and it's and it's zero for three again. And uh, (laughs) for reference, um, uh, this so Daniel's been in an F four league before, but he just brought one to uh, Springfield College campus, of which I am a part of a ten person league. Uh, Well, both of us are a a part of a ten person league, and it's uh, you know all nine positions except it's not specific to left center right field just three outfielders three starting pitchers two relief pitchers
1: and a utility player
0: and uh, and a utility player that's correct so it could be any position but uh, a lot of times dhs are put there so uh so yeah you have those 10 three starting pitchers two relievers and uh yeah you you don't get to change your lineup you only make three moves the entire year. Um, and I think that's only if the player is injured. And, uh, so yeah, it's just based on how much F worth the, uh, your, your team has. And, uh, yeah, I was the leader after April as noted in the, in the spreadsheet, I had 7.2 and I was consistently, you know, like top three up until like the last week. And, uh, and yeah, now I've fallen to fifth, and Daniel has just passed me for the first time since probably like the first week of the season.
1: Probably. I was in ninth uh, earlier this month. in fourth, true. Mostly because I have Mookie Betts, who has like two and a half wins above replacement himself this month.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, to been... my
1: knowledge, I'm the commissioner of the league. To my knowledge, no one has been slapped over, uh, over the F4 league. So uh, we're doing better than some.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot.
1: That's what the entire point of that conversation was.
0: <laughs> yep. No one is bring it about frequency. it. Yes. Um, I love to love to see that. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, if you but if you did send like a weird gif, I would have I would have driven to Voorheesville myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, that's been one of the funniest stories uh, ever in baseball. I think
1: it's, it's funny, you know, like, yeah, I don't think we need to look too much into it and just, we can, it's just whatever. Like no one got seriously hurt over it. Uh, Jock Peterson, like obviously is, I guess the victim in this case, he's probably just going to shrug it off and go on. I mean, he's been, I think he's had a better I think he's been having a much better time in the last few months uh, than the person who, who dealt the the slap. Uh, based on you know, one of them won a World Series, one of them signed a multi-year free agent deal. Yeah. One of them signed a deal strictly so he can get traded, and you know, he
0: probably won't even get traded. I don't think he has much much value right now.
1: He's a ninety six OPS plus.
0: Yeah. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was worse. Maybe it started maybe it started the season worse.
1: He did. He absolutely did.
0: Yeah. He had like um, a
1: negative 25 OPS plus in like the first couple weeks.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, so the, the story of that is um, you know, get yeah. So randomly on Friday. Friday, yeah. Uh like right after we recorded. On, on Friday, uh, yeah, Jock Peterson apparently got uh, slapped during batting practice by Tommy Pham, and, uh, you know, people didn't know the context. And then after it, like Jock Peterson said, it was a fantasy football thing related to um, having a player that's out on injured reserve – Um, and then eventually it became because of a gift that was sent in, uh, in the fantasy football group chat. Yes. Um, which I mean, I guess makes a little more sense. Not that it doesn't justify it, but (laughs) it makes a little more sense because, uh, it was kind of poking fun at, uh, at the Padres kind of falling off at the end of the year last year. Which Um, is very
1: funny because... Sorry to interrupt you, but Jock, like the gift that Jock sent was like uh, about the Dodgers and Padres. The Dodgers were two teams ago for Jock at this point.
0: Yeah, true. Because <laughs> um, like
1: if if it was about when the Padres were falling off last year, Jock was on the Braves. And he yeah. didn't get and he, he didn't go Dodgers to Braves. He went Dodgers, Cubs, Braves.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I, I forget when he said. I forget like when he said that gift was sent. Was it sent last year or?
1: It had to have been sent last year because it was about them not making the playoffs.
0: Yeah. And it included like, it included the the Giants who like weren't that good in 2020.
1: Yeah. Because like, okay, let's just think about the timeline. Fan was on the, on the Rays in 2019. So it couldn't have been then. Um, Yeah. The pot, the, in 2020, the Padres made the playoffs so it couldn't have been then, had to have been 2021.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for reference, the GIF was, it was like these three people and they all had the, you know, one had, one had a Dodgers logo, one had a, um
1: Padres logo,
0: one had a Padres logo, one had a Giants logo that was like, you know, put on them uh in a uh, post-production and and like they were like throwing this, throwing this thing behind them, and the Dodgers and Giants person, people they, they successfully got it back, and then the Padres person like it went straight up in the air and hit them in the head, um and they fell over, um and yeah, so poked fun at how like all three of them were having a, or I guess you know they lifted off, and then the Padres just you know, fell completely off did, you know, in those Which last very,
1: it's very accurate to their season last year.
0: Yeah. In the second half, they just, they really just fell flat on their face.
1: They ended up finishing under 500.
0: Yeah. Um. So, so yeah. it And yeah, I, I guess Tommy fam took a lot of offense to it. I mean, maybe, maybe it's justified to take a little offense to it, but to take it to a, a, a slap seems a little silly, but Hey, you know, I it's guess Tommy it's Those two, yeah. It's Tommy um,
1: fam. Yeah, like I can understand taking offense to it, in general. Like, of course, you know the vibes are already probably down in the clubhouse to begin with, and to have people from other organizations clowning on you, like that can't be fun. Right. Um. You know, especially because like this, this is people's life. These, these are people's lives. It's what they do for work. You know, like it's very different from a fan level where it's like, hey, your team sucks. You know, like. <laughs> it's not that it's so much, I'm sure it's a lot more personal when it's, you know, the team that you're playing for, especially when you're watching from the distance of Atlanta.
0: Right. You know, if yeah. Jock was on
1: the, if Jock was on the Dodgers or Padres where it's like, Hey, we're our team is good. And your team isn't, which obviously that was the case last year, but that's not the point. Yeah. Um, Tommy fam. Is kind of the guy that would do something like this. Like I remember in, um, 2016, there was a video that went viral of, uh, like, a Cardinals fan uh, who was at PNC Park for, like, batting practice, and he was, like, yelling for Tommy Pham to throw him a ball, which, you know, as you do as a 16-year-old at a baseball game, at batting practice, like, we've all been there before, and he was, like, like, cursing him out for, like, wanting to get the ball, and it was a very weird move especially as a, like a fan of your own team. Right. 16 16 year olds. Uh, so I always got weird vibes from Tommy fam to that point forward. Um, there was also that incident where he got stabbed last year. I have, I know nothing about that, but I, I mean, I don't want to victim blame, but usually stuff like that doesn't happen for nothing.
0: Right. I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's yeah, he's an interesting.
1: Yeah, not that he deserved to get stabbed, but he probably did something to instigate it.
0: Yeah. It's um yeah, he seems like an interesting character and he uh yeah, just uh furthered that furthered that uh that case more <laughs> with this uh fantasy football incident. Um mm-hmm. yeah.
1: It's... When I when I heard fantasy football like, I immediately thought it was a cover-up of something worse, like the, the Jeff McNeil, Francisco Lindor, like, rat-raccoon thing. Yeah. Like, I thought that was just the first thing that came to mind. And it turned out to be true to a degree, which is kind of shocking. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it was directly about fantasy football, but it was, you know, it was the Fantasy Football League group chat. Apparently, there was a bunch of Padres players in it, too. It's Like, not just Tommy Fam And Jock said he wasn't even close with, like, most of them.
0: Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Um, because Tommy Fam won his fantasy football league last year and he like tweeted about like the final results and everyone's like he still slaps someone even though he won the league.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was a really funny uh that was a really funny observation that was made on the internet. Yes. Uh man, I love that.
1: Yeah. Which is like it's very it was very weird. Did you see the video of him slapping him? It was like a. It was like straight up out of. It was like straight out of TMZ, where like the camera was like very low quality. It was like three hundred feet away. Like the slap happened in like, I feel like we're talking about the Oscars, but it happened in like left field, and the camera was like the first base dugout.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it was definitely like a press member who was on the warning track, like for batting practice, and then, and yeah, like I mean, obviously, it's like. The, yeah the the park probably wasn't open for fans to no. you
1: know
0: sit in left field so yeah that's all you get
1: <laughs> yeah um
0: yeah it was very tmz that's very that's a correct observation
1: yeah but it was um, alarming right i think um I, I don't know you know what was very funny is for for the other part of the show we um we're doing like the trade market. We're previewing guys that might be available, and one of those guys is Tommy Pham.
0: Right. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I think I don't like he doesn't have a no trade clause, but if he did, I feel like I know one team he's not going to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I can't
1: imagine. I don't know if the Giants need outfielders anyway. Um. Right. Like they have Mike Isseymski. They have like Darren Ruff, who's been good out there um they currently rank eighth in outfielder f4 at 3.6 yeah Uh, they have yeah Michael Stramsey they have jock obviously Austin Slater Lamont Wade who just came back from injury um they have Luis Gonzalez who was magically transformed into a right fielder after 20 years of not playing which is pretty incredible (laughs) no one not getting a lot of credit for that honestly
0: yeah I mean really not talking about it a lot
1: yeah, you know what's very funny is Albert Pujols gave up a home run to him when he pitched. So he's he's faced both Luis Gonzalez's before. Yeah, not yeah. not as a pitcher, but I mean, like his rookie year, he played the Diamondbacks in the playoffs in that year.
0: Yeah, you know one. Yeah, very true. The same year, same year, he hit fifty-seven home runs. Um, yes. <clears throat>
1: I thought you were talking about Pujols. I was like, there's no way he hit 57 in 2001.
0: Yeah, no. It's funny. It it's happen. funny. Like, Gonzalez hit 57 home runs and he was like fourth in the league, probably. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, because Bonds hit 73 and Sosa hit 64. So I think he, he, had, a,
1: he had an amazing season that year. Yeah. It was it was so sick. Hold on. <clears throat> um, 325, 429, 688, 1117 slash line um third in mvp yeah, right third in mvp 57 home runs 142 rbi 100 walks yeah so 728 played appearances 162 games played i was in there every single day 83 strikeouts to to 100 walks that's pretty incredible
0: yeah especially in uh one single stolen seven, base 7 728 played appearances yeah so yeah only an 11.4 percent strikeout rate
1: yeah that him. was very good and then he obviously won the world series on the uh the bloop single
0: yes yes the uh the man who hit 57 home runs obviously walks it off on a ball that probably had like a 65 mile per hour exit velocity
1: yeah it definitely had like a six eighty expected batting average though.
0: It did, yeah. I hate. I, that's the one thing I don't like about expected batting averages. Like, yeah, that you know. Well, that, to be fair, bloops
1: are usually hits.
0: They're always yeah. If if it's hit, like it, like,
1: it, it, it's understandable why they have high expected batting averages, but yeah.
0: Yeah, because like no one plays two hundred feet from home plate. It's always you know on a like, ball in, that's
1: sinking quickly. Yeah, because it was hit you know 65 miles an hour
0: yeah yeah like the, obviously those expected batting averages are high but yeah that's like the only time where i mean their expected sluggings are
1: probably low it's probably yeah, then, the same as the expected batting average
0: yeah and then like uh a, you know a 97 mile per hour 25 degree launch angle like a ho- like a no doubt home run to left field it it'll have like an expected batting average of like 360 cuz most of the time it's hit to to like left center, center field, yes. right center. That's true. Yeah. Um but anyway, um anything more on this uh fantasy football saga? Are we
1: are we surprised that Tommy Pham like was, still had this grudge after however many months it had been? Um hmm like how many? I'm trying to think of how many players in the league would do would hold this grudge for that long, like to the point of slapping someone. Like if you're gonna confront them later, that's one thing. But like he physically assaulted him.
0: Yeah. Uh. I mean, like I'm trying to think. Not a. Not a whole know, lot. Like um, Manny Machado. Um. Maybe Manny Machado, but. But still, um, I don't think,
1: I don't think you'd go that far, that that later in advance.
0: Yeah, that seems more like more of a an an, an impulsive thing. Hold on. Yeah, I don't know. I weird weird to uh, picture who would do that. I mean, I feel like you just don't know about that, about who would hold a grudge until maybe like it, it happens. Joe Kelly. But I, feel like,
1: I feel like he's more impulsive though like i feel like he'd let that go over time as well
0: yeah and i think like he'd... i think
1: i think if jock was in the room with people when he sent that gift some would confront him and maybe fight him i don't think anyone would hold it for five months and then do it
0: um yeah no especially like tommy fam's on a new team
1: <laughs> yes yeah, like Jock is on a new team too.
0: Yeah, they're both on new teams. <laughs> and yeah, because of a because of a gift that was sent.
1: There was also some that thing about like supposedly there was a lot of money involved in whatever happened. That might have just been the fantasy football league. Yeah. Which I guess makes sense if they're all major leaguers playing.
0: True, very true. Especially like veterans. Yeah. Um but like, I guess that wouldn't necessarily have to do with the, with the with the gif. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I couldn't tell
0: you. Um, well, uh, I hope there's more updates throughout the story. It's the most fun story to follow. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime there's more news about it, I I gear up. I love it. <laughs> um, so. That leads into uh, a little breakdown, an early breakdown of the trade market, um, which we'll get into because you know, no, you know, most trades, most teams are not going to be trading right now, um, only if like a team is way way out of it, but or if a guy gets injured, or if yeah a guy gets injured, but even then like, (laughs) remember when the when Corey Seager got injured, uh, like he got surgery in april and then
1: and then the uh, then the dodgers traded for trey turner in july
0: or well uh no but in in 20 in 20 uh eight yeah 2018 uh corey Seager got tommy john surgery i think and they then traded for... they traded for machado like three months later
1: yeah yep
0: um, um when he was a shortstop
1: didn't they also trade for david freeze that year or was he just on the team to begin with did they trade for
0: him? I, yeah, I think, yeah. Because I think he was originally on the Pirates. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they traded for David Freese. Yeah, by I the heard... way,
1: it was very funny. Like, David Freese was on the Pirates uh, in 2018. And probably mm-hmm. a few years before that as well. But every single time he went back to St. Louis, he got a standing ovation. Even if it was the 27th time he had been back. Yeah. <laughs> like, you would have thought it was his first at bat back every single time
0: yeah yeah yeah, because he
1: was on the angels that's right i forgot about that he was on the angels from uh, 2014 to 15 not that he ever went to st louis there but like so the first time he came back uh as a visitor was 2016 every and from 2016 to 19 every single time he came back to st (laughs) louis yeah he got a standing out
0: hey you know he earned it makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense
1: he earned it Single-handedly won a World Series,
0: Um, but but yeah. So it's May, you know. As we record, it's Memorial Day. Uh, We Mm -hmm. have another two months, um, almost on the dot until the trade deadline. But they're
1: doing it on they're doing it on August second this year.
0: Okay, that makes that makes.
1: Why why did they stop doing it on July thirty first though?
0: Um. Well, last year, last year I looked it up and. Um, they did it on July 30th because it was a Friday, not a Saturday. And they didn't want to like mm-hmm. have to pull everyone from their day games. Yeah. Um, on a Saturday, I guess. Which was understood, especially during COVID. And then this year, since I think they de- they did it since the season is delayed and they wanted to delay the trade deadline too. To I give guess. It's Give more teams more time.
1: Day. Also the July 31st is a Sunday, which also makes sense.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: But. I don't know, August 1st would have made sense too.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I know they've done it on August 1st before as well, like 2016 or something like that. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, their trade deadline is a couple months away, but we can we can see where teams are trending and you know we're some teams are doing what we expected them to do, which is not well. So uh we're seeing seeing some players that they could be trading off who could use those, uh, who could use those players. So um, I don't know. Where should we start here?
1: Um, I mean, I just, I just listed off a bunch of players from every team.
0: Yeah. Um, do you
1: want to go in the order that I went with?
0: Um. Well, I, I only listed off like, um, I went by and I, I only listed off like 12 guys, maybe.
1: Okay. I'll let you go first then. Cause I definitely had more than 12.
0: Um, so what I did, I was, I was looking at, um, the standings and like the, Mm -hmm. you know, how in baseball reference, if you go to teams, they have the standings. And then, so the top left corner is the NL East. So I looked at the nationals and I saw, uh, Josh bell, one of your favorites who, um, I mean, yeah, like last year had a 123 OPS plus this year. I think it's like 125 or something like that. A mm-hmm. uh, very quality offensive first baseman, and uh, he becomes a free agent next year. And uh, I was looking at the first base, the team rankings in um, F War among first basemen. And last night I saw the, uh, the Twins and Astros were in, like, the bottom four, um, two competitive teams. Um, obviously, for the Twins, Miguel Sano has been – or was severely underperforming, and I think he – He got injured. Yeah, he, he did get injured. So, all the more reason to maybe give Josh Bell a look. And then uh, Yuli Guriel from the Astros has been underperforming, and he's also, I believe, in his mid-30s, um, which always um. – Fools yeah, me.
1: look at this. The Astros have uh, the second lowest production. Actually, they have the worst weighted runs created plus from their first baseman in the in the majors, 59.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Minnesota and Houston are bottom four in, in F4 produced by first baseman.
0: Right, right. So that's um, a good one. So those two teams are like, you know, some of the only competitive teams that – don't have a lot of production from the first baseman you could consider the red Sox, but their addition their first base addition is going to be tristan casas uh yes. who's their um number one or number two prospect uh in in their system who but like you know he's the the one you could consider number one over him is 19 years old so i mean yeah. he's like the number one also, guy
1: up. also an arr alum
0: also, an AR alum, yeah, Tristan Casas. Daniel yes. uh, interviewed him in the Woo clubhouse. Who could forget? Oh. Um, and uh, so, yeah. So, I anything? So, did you put down Josh Bell as well?
1: Uh, yes, I did. I put yeah. down. I put down a ton of people. I I can promise you, I probably put down every single person you did.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> I didn't really go into statistics. I literally just listed everyone who could be available.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Let me let me count up how many players. Keep go- Keep talking. By the way,
0: <laughs> so yeah, Josh Bell. Um, yeah, I got a, yeah, Astros and Twins would be would be good options. Um, I guess I'll I'll I guess I'll name off another guy. Um, I listed, and yeah, with with starting pitchers, I didn't apply them to any certain teams. I just kind of listed some like I listed five starting pitchers off. And then uh, for a more specific position player, for a more specific position one, uh, Wilson Contreras is a guy like that. Uh, He's a free agent after this year. And um, he's, and the, uh, some of the teams that have the worst production from catcher this year are the Astros and the Padres. Um, The Astros. Oh yeah. And the Yankees. The Astros could definitely use him because, I mean, I don't know, like, they've been kind of riding with Martin Maldonado for a lot of years. For defensive
1: um, reasons. Yeah, for, for defensive sense.
0: reasons. Um, so, I don't know, maybe maybe they won't stray away from it, but, like, I don't know, Contreras isn't the worst defender, and uh, he's a great offensive producer and then the yeah. Padres I don't know if they'd go for him cuz i mean they traded for Austin Nola a couple of years ago and i mean i don't i wouldn't expect him to be you know as bad as he has been this year um you know consistently so he uh yeah he's um he's probably going to get better so i i don't know if the Padres would trade for Wilson Contreras but mm-hmm. you know he's out there for anyone that needs wow. a catcher
1: the uh the Mets could also use one
0: yeah yeah after by the
1: way Astros catchers do you want to guess their batting average this year um
0: 158 120 oh my god
1: their slash line is 120 216 213 yeah (laughs) that is horrendous
0: yeah not great I mean so it's like, Martin
1: Maldonado and who else? They've basically, Jose basically and Jason Castro. No, Jose series, a center fielder. Uh, oh. Jason. I can't believe Jason Castro is still playing. He has a 43.4% strikeout rate in 58 in 53 plate appearances. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Both of them have a 32 weighted runs created plus.
0: Yeah. Like. Yeah. I'm You just. Like defense, you know, there's value in defense, but like when the offense is especially that low, a catcher, yeah, especially
1: a catcher. I think the Astros get some of the best defense out of their catchers too. Uh, in baseball,
0: right? I mean, but if the a- offense is that low, and then like yeah. you got Wilson Contreras, who's got like a one thirty something weighted runs created plus, you you could you could jump your, you could have one hundred percent more offense. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> yes.
0: Um that might double yeah double
1: the production actually that'd be way more than doubling it that'd be like quadrupling it
0: yeah but i mean i guess the yankees could like make a better offer or like, they
1: absolutely could
0: yeah and the as well as as well as the mets um so yeah
1: um have the cubs gotten anything good thus far from any of the trades they made last year like i think like the number one person i can think of off the top of my head is pete crow armstrong who's now a top 100 prospect
0: hmm yeah i um haven't like really who'd they who they
1: trade for chris bryant
0: yeah I, I feel like i mean it would make sense if they got guys who were still very much developing and in the lower levels because like yeah. obviously they're not going to compete anytime soon
1: Mm-hmm.
0: uh um, yeah, that's
1: probably what they mostly did
0: all right so what are, what are some of the what are some players uh you'd like to talk about
1: i mean i i listed about 45 so
0: all right well, I don't, I don't, just...
1: well we won't go in depth with all of them yeah uh, i'm going with another guy that i'm assuming you put down martin perez yep um There is one name, there's one team that just is screaming, that is just being screamed in my ear, uh, just because it's the best fit. It's the St. Louis Cardinals. Right? Yes. Right?
0: Yes. Yes. Like how,
1: like they have Martin Perez. I know that, I don't know if this is necessarily what the front office looks like or looks at, but I'm pretty sure Martin Perez has a better uh, F word than the entire St. Louis pitching staff, like rotation and bullpen
0: right yeah
1: uh st louis has a 1.6 f4 from their pitching like all all facets of their pitching um martin Mm -hmm. perez is at pretty sure he's at 1.7 he is he's at 1.7 yeah he's (laughs) done more than the entire team um he also just fits the, he fits the narrative of what they always go for, right? He's a soft throwing lefty who has very good control, doesn't give up a lot of home runs, won't strike out a ton of batters, but he'll make up for it in his ground ball percentage and his walks. Uh, I don't think there's a better fit. <laughs> I don't think it exists.
0: Yeah. And I look at, uh, I mean, Steven Matz is injured right now and he, and he had a, a 6.03 ERA this year, although he did have like very good strikeout and walk numbers um he's still struggled because of a, a lot of home runs he gave up so like martin or martin perez can ca- kind of fill that void for the year that like mm-hmm. steven matz was supposed to fill um because steven matz i mean steven matz throws a little harder than than perez but i mean it's still kind of the same idea uh from the left from the left side um so yeah like uh yeah, that would be that would be a very good fit. Um and like with pitchers, it's weird because I mean most you know, most uh most teams, even no matter how good they are, could use another starting pitcher and just you know upgrade. So but like with this one, it specifically seems seems yeah. like a good uh like it's, a good I mean fit. like
1: it's it's there for the meme because you know the Cardinals always attract the same type type of pitchers, and Martin Perez is exactly that. Yeah, um, he's well, probably the he might be the best starting pitcher from this year on the market. Like considering this year alone, it's probably either him or Frankie Montas.
0: Well, yeah, yes, yes. So then I'll add another guy to that who maybe would fit the um, fit the St. Louis mold, um, especially like. Uh, is a guy who's a, a quality like veteran um, as I want to pull, uh, pull up his stats as well, but uh, Jose Quintana.
1: Mm, I, I had him down as well. He's been very under the radar for the pirates.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, his expected, yeah. His expected ERA is, is uh, not nearly what his ERA is, but he has a 2.15 ERA in 46 innings pitched um average exit velocity against of 86.0 miles per hour um which is What's the uh,
1: average launch angle
0: the average launch angle is uh 9.4 so i guess that leans a little more ground ball heavy yeah it's um, kind of
1: a mixture though
0: yeah it is a mix it's not necessarily extremely low or extremely high yeah i, I mean, remember
1: he had like a really high strikeout rate with the angels last year uh, but also high walks. And it looks like both those have gone down. Uh, yeah, last year between two teams, uh, 12.14 strikeouts per nine, five walks per nine this year, um, 7.3 strikeouts per nine, 3.33 walks per nine. But the home run to fly ball ratio has gone from 21.4% to 4.5%. Yeah, right,
0: which right, Which makes right.
1: sense because he's a soft contact guy uh, and giving up fly balls is much more efficient this year. Than in years past.
0: Yeah, Andy, uh to go with the soft throwing component, his average forcing fastball is 90.6 miles per hour, and his average sinker is 91.1 miles per hour. Um so yeah, I mean like his his ex you know I don't think uh I don't think you know he's not gonna sustain a 215 ERA but he could be a potential like good middle of the rotation option. Yes. Um, as he is coming from Pittsburgh, which you know they're not gonna be competing this year. Um all right. And who's uh who's also been intriguing for you?
1: Um I also put Frankie Montas, who I mentioned earlier. That's yeah. a pretty easy one, right? I mean, he was expected to be traded last year, um, or last offseason, I should say. Yeah. Uh when the A's sold off everyone except for him and one other person of, of value at the time. Um, and he's been kind of just doing the same thing this year, right? He has 1.4 wins above replacement on fan graphs. Uh, he's a 303 FIP. Uh, just been fantastic all around 3.28 ERA. Um, yeah, I really, I mean, it's kind of the same thing that you've always known, right? He is about, I think he has two more years left of control. He does. Um, I mean, his value is probably never going to be higher than it is now. Like I don't see him. I mean, it would take a lot for him to do better than he's already doing, and he has more control. So, yeah, uh, the time is right to send him off. There are plenty of teams that could use him. I mean, he's kind of the modern type of pitcher, you know, very high strikeout rate, Uh, also has very good control. Uh, Maybe this is an Oakland thing, but he's been very good with home runs. Uh, Only point or between 2021 and 22, he has 1.0 home runs per nine. And also a 3.79 strikeout-to-walk ratio. So, I mean, he's everything you'd want. He's a legitimate ace.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see a, like, bigger market um, mm-hmm. or just, you know, a team with good prospects to hand off making offers for Frankie Montas. You know, just simply like the Dodgers and the Yankees, maybe even the Mets. I don't know how many uh, prospects they have to, um, to give they off. Have- yeah, yeah, they, they have, have they have one yeah. hundreds. they have some some uh guys on the um oh the what was the the Rumble Ponies? Yes, I mean yeah. like
1: if there's a guy out there that is being dealt top one hundred prospects, Frankie Montas is probably that guy on this year's market, both offensively and pitching wise.
0: Yes, yeah, he might um, be the
1: most valuable commodity out there this year.
0: Yeah, because like he's been, he's 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 been consistently like he's, he, this isn't a fluke season by any means. Like you can expect this uh, kind of success from Frankie Montas. Like, um, you know, outside of like 2020 was his only like bad year of his career since 2018. And yeah, that I was mean, a short, only... that was a shortened season.
1: Well, what year did he get suspended? I think that was
0: 2019. Yeah. 2019 he got, well, it just he, he only made 16 starts, so I can only assume he got suspended. Yeah, um, it was
1: an 80 game suspension, too.
0: So, if it was 2019, that was the year he had a 263 ERA and a three flat FIP. Yes. Um, and yeah, like 2021 and 2022, both uh 10 plus strikeouts per nine, uh, less than three walks per nine, really? one home run or less per nine. Um, you know, just very good. In run for run prevention and peripherally.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, I mean any anyone could use him and anyone any team would have to make a a very solid offer to uh retrieve him. Yeah. Um should we stay on starting pitchers? Why not? Um well the Reds have two guys. The Reds have two, yes. That they should have dealt probably earlier, but uh but yeah, I, I mean,
1: off. was Castillo hurt like during the during March last year? Possibly. If if so, it would make a lot of sense why they didn't trade him.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize how long Tyler Molly's been, been, been around.
1: Yeah, he's been around. just he just
0: he started being good in twenty twenty, so maybe that's Is why. Is he what was...
1: second year arb now? um no he's okay next year he's second year r eligible
0: no i think um or no wait last year
1: yeah well, okay, yeah, yeah he was he was just second year r eligible
0: yeah so uh yeah he has this year and next year of control and uh yeah i mean like it would be better to trade him later in the season from a reds perspective because he has a five five three era right now um but
1: he also has a three fib.
0: Yeah. I mean, he has a three, seven fit. So like, that's uh, this probably that ERA is probably going to come down. Um, it would make sense, but, uh, but like, you know, in terms of trade market um, I feel like maybe if his ERA was down, he, he would have a little more value. Um, so yeah, there's
1: um, I also mentioned he was my Reds player to watch and I mentioned uh, his home road splits and they haven't exactly been there this year, he still has been better on the road but he still has a 518 ERA on the road and a 583 at home, uh, better strikeout to walk ratio less home runs in right around the same innings pitched. I think it's yeah, it's 29.1 to 24.1 so it's five innings. Um, I think I think that's kind of just the this year thing, right? Like the vibes are probably down in that clubhouse, especially when Votto was gone, because uh, he's definitely the guy that picks picks that up. Um, yeah. But you know, you start the season three and twenty two. It's hard to imagine anyone's really going to be in the right mindset when they're when they're on the mound.
0: Yeah. Very true. Very true. Um, Luis Castillo, like, it's weird to get a a, a temperature on him. Like it is. Like uh, you know, last year he, last year was like a tale of two seasons from him. Um, he had a very bad like first couple months, and then became like the best pitcher for the next two months, and that was kind of weird. Ended up with a three nine eight ERA, three seven five FIP. This year has a four three five ERA and three three eight FIP. Although, like that's a very small sample size. He's only had four starts. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just kind of have to wait and see what his value will be because with both of these guys, with both Molly and Luis Castillo is, if the Reds don't think their value is high enough uh, this year, they could probably wait till the off season or next year because they both have this year and next year of control. Um,
1: That is very true. And I don't think like people are crushing the Reds because like right now, I can't imagine any really any GM is really looking at Luis Castillo like it's 2019, 2020. His strikeout numbers are pretty far down. His walk numbers are down as well, which is encouraging. Um, yeah. But I don't think anyone's looking at him the same way that they would have in years past right now. That could change, absolutely, but I don't know right now if that's the case.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, it, it, can, it can change with, like, a, a good 7-8 start span. But, yeah, right now, like um, – I, I would understand a, a general manager's hesitation towards Luis Castillo or like giving in any, anything significant up for Luis Castillo.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Very funny last year that he led the league in, in losses with a um, 120 ERA plus.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Yep. I want to see how many
1: seasons, how many Two of such losses. seasons exist. Yeah, gotta love them. Gotta love wins and losses it's on a team that finished over five hundred too.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, wow, there's actually a lot of these seasons. So I I put down. Uh, hey,
1: did Stackhead change the pages from three hundred to two hundred?
0: Um. That's oh, so unfortunate. Did they add? Did they add more for um on one page?
1: So there's 285 sub seasons with 16 losses and 120 ERA plus. Um, normally there's 300 on a page. Uh, after 200, it says view next page. Hmm, that isn't cool.
0: I thought it was always 200, but
1: no, for me it's always been 300. Maybe I got the update late or something. Hmm. Um, Castilla was the first person to have such a season uh, since. Corey Kluber in
0: 2015. Uh, well, I'll never forget when Nolan Ryan went 8 and 16 and won the ERA title. 1970, or
1: 1987 at age 40.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I'm looking at Andy, that right now. Andy led the league in strikeouts. And I think.
1: Well, yeah, it's Nolan Ryan.
0: I think it was described in the Sabre article about him that he was the first pitcher to lead an era in strikeouts and not win the cy young really i i, I think that was the case like so, lead, well, he led
1: the league in losses so of course they yeah. wouldn't give it to him in 87
0: yeah i think he was the first to lead in both and then how do they how do they it.
1: explain that back then like how do they go about evaluating that? he was good but he actually was bad
0: yeah i don't know
1: Like, did they not realize, I'm assuming they did know back in 87, but were they like, how is that not a starting point of, hey, maybe we shouldn't look at losses and wins? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, well, listen, I see that he struck out a lot of batters and he had a very good run prevention, but you know what? He could have won him (laughs) the games.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I'm... uh... Just a little, just a little tangent. I'm gonna look at Nolan Ryan's ERA and losses in 1987.
1: Yeah, well, I can. I have it pulled up right now. Um, no, I don't. I closed out that tab. Darn. Yikes. Yeah,
0: 1987, two seven six ERA led the league. 270 strikeouts led the league. Went eight and eleven point
1: five strikeouts per nine.
0: Yeah, at the age also at the age of 40, not a big deal. Um nolan ryan 1987 the 1987
1: astros by the way were 76 and 86 Um, which like
0: you know it's it's not good but it's it's disproportionate how bad they were when nolan ryan was on the mound very um in losses he had a 419 era which is like usually that a 419 ERA would usually garner like a 500 record, but he was 0-16 in those games. Yes. In wins, he, got... he had a 1-1-1 ERA. So like when he won, he really, really earned it. And <laughs> they gave no a... decisions. In no decisions, he had a 2-3-0 ERA.
1: Off the top of your head, do you know who they gave Cy Young to that year in the NL? Um, In
0: 1987? Yeah. Uh no if you get this
1: I, i'd be stunned no i don't they gave it to a reliever
0: oh um a national league reliever yeah, yeah i forget
1: thief Pedrosian. yeah <laughs> he just barely won over rick rick Sutcliffe. uh yeah no what a what a weird uh Cy young year um Steve yeah, Bedrosian was the only person in the Cy Young voting who had a higher ERA plus than Nolan Ryan. Of course, he pitched eighty-nine innings to Nolan Ryan's two hundred eleven and two thirds. Yeah, and Nolan Ryan even had a better ERA. <laughs>
0: he had a...
1: uh... Bedrosian had a two eighty-three ERA. He had how many strikeouts per nine? Um, let me just do some quick math. Eighty-nine innings pitched, seventy-four strikeouts, not eleven point five. Yeah definitely not
0: how many saves did he have
1: uh oh that's probably that's probably it 40 saves yeah
0: 40 saves in 87 when like guys are going multiple innings
1: uh 40 saves eight blown saves
0: yeah but i think i think when you go i think it was probably like
1: eighth inning blown saves though
0: yeah um
1: i wonder i wonder how good he was in the ninth inning that year I love how we get from, from Luis Castillo to Steve
0: Bedrosian. It's, uh, it's a very easy connection to make.
1: <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, it just makes sense, right?
0: It does. It does. It,
1: One of them was a reliever. One's a starter. They both pitched in the NL, of course. Um, what was I looking for the ninth inning? That's what I was looking for. Uh, the ninth inning... He had a two six three ERA, which is a, a, a one hundred two TOPS plus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it goes to show, shouldn't have moved the needle any any bit. He had a four hundred five ERA in the in the eighth inning, which was twenty six and two thirds innings pitched.
0: Yeah. That's why uh, Most okay. of those saves were. So, so yeah. So going back to. Uh, Subjects at hand. So, in terms of starting pitchers, we just named all of them that I wrote yeah. down. uh I,
1: Who else? We go, just go through everyone else on your list.
0: So I went. I I I, wrote, I just wrote down Luis Castillo, Tyler Molly, Jose Quintana, Frankie Montas, Martin Perez, and we talked mm-hmm. about all of them. Uh, who Who else did you have for starting pitchers?
1: Um. Let me just go through my entire list here. Not that many. So I got a lot of relievers i put jt brubaker mm-hmm. just i don't know He could probably be just like a a one-for-one one with like a the number 27th ranked prospect in an organization yep. um, yeah, yeah, yeah and that oh no merrill kelly i also put him
0: yeah he would be interesting he's uh, a yeah. three 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 another
1: st louis guy
0: yeah yeah for sure for sure.
1: Can you imagine if Kyle Hendricks and Merrill Kelly were in the same division?
0: Oh my God, uh, we need to handle it. And Adam Wainwright.
1: <laughs> Adam Wainwright.
0: Forget about it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's you know the starting pitch market. Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly. He'd be yeah. He. I don't be know like,
1: if the Diamondbacks would trade him just because he doesn't have that much service time, but
0: he's I don't know if he's great. ever
1: gonna. Yeah. He's 33. Um he's having a good year. Yeah. Diamondbacks probably aren't going anywhere and why not, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Why not? Exactly. Um all right. I'll, I'll uh so there's 3 DHs wow. that I could see being moved this JD year.
1: Martinez.
0: JD Martinez. Yeah, JD Martinez, he's going to be on the outskis the the red sox i mean gonna, it's not impossible it's not impossible yeah give him give him a bad couple months it's give, him a, give the red sox a bad couple months yeah
1: because he is going to be a free agent at the end of the year
0: very true very true um, um so uh the three dhs i put were trey mancini uh nelson cruz and hunter dozier um hmm. cruz is underperforming he's been kind of underperforming since he got traded last year to the Rays. Um, But not quite to the degree of this year as he has like a mid 600s OPS, um, which is not great. And so I mentioned those three and the four teams that I saw had low DH production, particularly out of the competitive teams this year were the White Sox, Padres, Brewers and Cardinals yep um although i don't know the cardinals that's weird because i think albert pujols has been doing well but they've also been using him in a
1: like a platoon role
0: yeah so like and all but all three of the guys i just mentioned are righties so yeah i don't know maybe, maybe they wouldn't be looking for those guys
1: i put one of those three guys on my list
0: um which one nelson cruz nelson cruz
1: um, I think if the Orioles were going to trade Trey Mancini, they would have already done it. Um, at this point, yeah. it just feels weird to me. Like, he's already been vocal about wanting to stay there and wanting to be there for the entirety of the rebuild. Um, mm-hmm. And he wants, you know, he wants to be the guy that sort of leads them into, leads them out of it and into a contending team. Um, I do wonder if they're going to re-sign him next year because I think that's the real true test. Um, if yeah. they don't, I mean, if they don't trade him... I feel like they kind of have to re sign him, right? Um, Especially like, especially like, you know, he's an easy guy to root for, right? Like, Baltimore's looking for that. You know, they have it right now in Adley Rushman. They had it last year in Cedric Mullins. And Trey Mancini is a guy that baseball can root for. Like, no matter who you root, no matter who your team is, that's a guy that you want to see succeed regardless of where he is. And he's been pretty vocal about wanting to be in Baltimore. So that's not a guy that you want to mistreat if you're that team.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%.
1: As for Hunter Dozier, uh, I know the Royals already extended him. I Let me check what that deal was. Um, not that – I don't think most teams would would shy away from trading a guy after they extended him, but the Royals have already uh, pretty much shown that if we extend you, we are going to keep you no matter what.
0: Yeah, shout-out to uh, Whitmerfield.
1: Yeah. Um, so for that reason, I don't think they trade him. Um, I know that they do have a pretty stacked middle infield with – or even just a stacked infield in general with, like, Bobby Witt Jr., uh, Nicky Lopez, Adalberto Mondesi. If anything, they could probably just throw Dozier at DH if they really need to. Um, Let me check his extension. Four-year, $25 million extension before the 2021 season. Um, Yeah, they have a team option in
0: 2025.
1: Yeah, probably a team-friendly deal. Um, But... I don't. I don't think they would trade him after extending him because that they have a track record of not doing that. So I did not put uh, Hunter Dozier on my trade block.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely makes sense. Um, and uh, I don't know. There's a there's a couple outfielder. There's a few outfielders to look at um, mm-hmm. as well. Um, two guys I put down were Andrew Benintendi. And Cole Calhoun. And then there's also potentially like David Peralta. Although Peralta, like he's like 35. He he's 34. Okay. And he just seems like he should be a lifetime diamondback. He
1: should be, right? He is a free agent at the end of the year, but he should absolutely be a lifetime diamondback.
0: Like that, it wouldn't make it wouldn't feel right if he went to another team. I don't know what to say.
1: Um, also Tommy Fam.
0: Yeah, Tommy Fam. I'm. I'm sure you wrote more guys. I'm sure.
1: I'm sure. uh, I. I were way more down. I'm sure a lot of clubhouses want Tommy Fam on their team right now.
0: Yes. Yeah. Give me
1: that guy, with subpar offense, and uh, not great personality. Yeah. (laughs) You know what though? He'll stand up for his teammates. We know that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, even if even if there's former teammates, he will do it.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, in terms of, like, if, if a team's looking at a right fielder, um, I'm looking. So, the Padres have the worst slugging from right fielders out of any team. And uh, Cole Calhoun is someone who's been slugging very well. So, maybe there's, maybe there's a fit there, potentially. You
1: yeah, know what I kind of just realized about Tommy Pham? He's a guy that should have been a red, like, three years ago. Like think about that team with like, I mean just think about the brawl. Amir Garrett, like Yasiel Puig, Trevor Bauer. I know that the, I know that Puig and Bauer were never teammates, but like Tommy Fam would have fit right in on that team. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he also would have tried to tried to fight an entire organization like uh, Derek Dietrich.
0: Oh yeah. Like, Tommy
1: Fam. Tommy would have been just highly desired in that clubhouse
0: yeah that would have fit right
1: in
0: would have fit right Um, in yeah um so so yeah i think um i don't know i'll just say i'll just say cole calhoun to the padres would make sense yeah um is that everyone you wrote down um i wrote yeah that's uh yeah i i wrote down like two relievers because like i don't know it's hard to evaluate who's good right now
1: i wrote more than two of the two relievers
0: yeah like with relievers it's weird because <laughs> this season like the most reliever the most indians reliever has is like like 24. 19. yeah yeah like david bednar has 24 and i think this is the most and then the average reliever has like 16 yeah
1: mm-hmm. um i'll just go through my entire list actually yeah. wait who are i'll, I'll just I probably wrote down the two relievers you wrote down from. So from the Rangers, I wrote down Martin Perez and Cole Calhoun, who we already talked about. I also wrote down Brad Miller, who has been doing all right for them. He's anywhere Brad Miller goes. It's like, yeah, it's a good, it's a good guy to have. Why not? Um, And Matt Bush, who is 36 years old, but has a very good strikeout to walk ratio. Home runs have been a problem for them, but for him, but that could probably change uh, on a different team. Um, Yeah. From the A's. I wrote down Frankie Montas. I wrote down Sean Murphy, who uh, I'm surprised you didn't mention him with Wilson Contreras, because um, that's a guy that could definitely go.
0: Yeah, um, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know how much uh, control he has.
1: I think he has two years left. Um, two or three. Let me see. Let me just make sure. I, I think get he was that a rookie right.
0: in 2020. No, really? Yeah, I remember he was uh... – he's still pre-arb yeah wow um yeah he was um he was three after this year i think
1: i just remember him being in trade rumors last year
0: uh yeah yeah
1: um so i also have tony kemp who is kind of just i don't know he's kind of just there um i have chad pinder who is a free agent after this year shout out to david kilburn yep yeah, and I have uh, I have Ramon Laureano. Those those yeah. are the A's I have on the block.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought about him. Um, like, yeah, he's a uh, he definitely. It would make sense to have him on the trade yeah. block.
1: Um, the next team I went over was the Orioles. I put down two players. I put down Jorge Lopez, who has kind of found himself as a reliever. He had a big uptick in velocity this year. He's a one one six ERA, I believe. Um, that's a guy that could be used out of the bullpen in several different organizations. He can be used in any role. He's a closer right now over there. I don't know if that remains as such on a contending team, but I mean, you know, there, you can never have too many relievers and Jorge Lopez is one of those guys. And the other guy I have is dor Odor. Um, I feel like no matter how he's performing, he'll just, he'll just be a trade candidate.
0: Yeah. Always.
1: Yeah. So the nationals, I wrote down five players. I wrote down Josh Bell, who you mentioned earlier, Nelson Cruz, who you mentioned, uh, Tanner Rainey, who is one of your players to watch a couple of years ago, um, <laughs> who has been doing well. And I was stunned to learn that Steve Cshek was still in baseball, uh, but he has a 10.7 strikeouts per nine. Mm. So there's that. And then I wrote one very controversial name. I think this is a throw and a half. I don't think it gets traded, but I think if there's a surprise trade, it's Victor Robles.
0: Hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: He's, he's still like 25 years old, probably maybe 26. Um, but
0: do we yeah, believe in he, him? He's, he's only got like after this year, he's only got at most three years of three years of control yeah, or no. Yeah. Three years of control. Maybe
1: like at this point, do we think that he can be a part of the nationals future? Like on the next, like, do we think he's on the next contending nationals team? Um, I
0: don't know.
1: I don't know if I can say yes to that.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Um I I mean if they if they fire sale again, you gotta start wondering how Juan Soto feels seeing everyone go every single year. Like last year it was, you know, it was Trey Turner, it was Max Serger. This year it could be Josh Bell, Victor Robles, Nelson Cruz. Um and I don't know if I don't know if Victor Robles goes. I'd give it like a Twenty percent chance, but that's that's probably my edgiest. Uh, what if this guy gets traded? That I wrote down here.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Right.
1: So the next team that I went over was the Miami Marlins. I didn't put too many guys because they're a pretty young team, but I put Joey Wendell down as a you know an infielder. They have a lot of infield options. Uh, they have some more coming up with like JJ Blade. So I just I just threw him in there and. I wrote two two relievers down, Anthony Bass, who is in his thirties, and also my Marlins player to watch, Lewis Head. Yeah. So those are the three guys I put down from the Miami Marlins. From the Royals, I put down Andrew Benatendi, who you mentioned. I put Whit Merrifield because it's never it's never too late. Yeah. (laughs) It it, it is too late, but uh, you know what? It's it's better than never, right?
0: Yeah. Let me see
1: if free agent.
0: Um with Merrifield, it yeah. might be he might have like an option in 2023.
1: Yeah, he is a he is a 2024 mutual option, which I have a feeling the Royals probably won't be taking if he continues this kind of play. They did extend him after 2018. Um feel like they might be regretting that. Yeah, but
0: but also you know but also that's a guy
1: yeah that's the guy that you're that's the easiest guy to root for the team for a while he was you know the face he was kind of the face of the future royals in like 2017-18 um yeah (laughs) but that is kind of no longer unfortunately there's also scott barlow who i've been a fan of for a while um i think that could be an uh a more ambitious trade that a team makes that wants help out of the bullpen. And also Josh Stallmont, who throws hard. He has very good strikeout numbers. He's a guy that can work places.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So sticking
1: of the AL central. Um, I looked at the guardians because they given their record and the teams in the division, they're in a position where traditionally you'd think they'd sell, especially given the people in their front office. I don't think there's anyone they would sell.
0: Um. Yeah, like, I was, yeah, I was looking at their, their like, the ages of the of the players. I was, too. I was, too. And it's, like, all mid-20s.
1: They have three guys who appear for them this year that are in their 30s.
0: Yeah, it's, like, Brian Shaw and a couple other guys.
1: Luke Maley is one of them, and then Anthony Ghost is the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I did not write down any Guardians players, um and similarly with the tigers i i only wrote down willie peralta that's yeah. the only guy i wrote down as a reliever he is like a, i think he's a sub 1 era actually he's yeah, been very with, good
0: with the guardians um beaver's has got 2 years two. Of left after this year yeah um like I don't know if it'll happen, but like no, I think
1: there's reason to believe the Guardians will be competitive by the time that by the time Beaver's control ends.
0: True. Yeah, that's yeah. I would say that's true.
1: Yeah, Willie Peralta has a uh, an 0.8... point eight an o eight nine ERA with a three point five three FIP.
0: Yeah. So that's re- yeah. With so far in the season he can get some good differences uh yes with relievers
1: yes i that's it's probably a stretch that they would even trade him but i really don't see who else the tigers would trade like i don't think yeah. they're ready to trade like candelario um or like grossman
0: right right
1: grossman grossman is a free agent at the end of the year though so maybe they trade him yeah, but he's been be a possibility. I, I
0: think he's been very he's been very much underperforming.
1: Yes, like the I wanted the Red Sox to get him last year because of his walk rate and he doesn't even really have that now. Yeah. He has a I guess he has a 12.6% walk rate which is solid, but compared to 14.6 last year, it's not exactly where it was. He's hitting, he's slashing 199 311 241 with a 553 OPS. Yeah. That isn't great. Yeah. He is a babip of two BABIP of... wait, what? He is a babip of 304.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> he has a he has he hasn't hit a home run yet. <laughs> and he okay. has a 30.5% yeah. strikeout rate. So I guess that does make a little sense, but I was I I just said two because I assumed it was two. Turns out it's 304. Yeah, so that's probably not great.
0: Yeah, not. You don't even unlucky. have
1: the the he's getting unlucky uh, thing to lie on. That's unfortunate. Yeah. On the Reds, I wrote Brandon Drury because he's been doing all right for them. I wrote Tommy Pham, Tyler Molly, Luis Castillo. I also wrote uh, five one eight legend Jeff Hoffman, who's been ha- having a solid season for them out of the bullpen. He has, I think, like two more years left to control, maybe three. Is two more after this year, so three including this year. He has a 2.22 ERA and 24 in a third-innings pitch, 2.85 FIP. Um, also has been holding the ball in the ballpark, 0.4 home runs per nine, considering the ballpark he plays in, which is impressive.
0: Yeah, very true.
1: So I, I wrote down Jeff Hoffman. On the Pirates, I wrote Jose Quintana and JT Brubaker. I swear to God, if they trade Brian Reynolds, I will lose my mind.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too.
1: At this point, they might just trade O'Neill Cruz.
0: Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't think the we'll fact be, yeah.
1: the fact that he's not in the majors yet is such a wild concept.
0: Yeah, O'Neill Cruz. I mean, you know, if we if we bring him up this year, he's under control through twenty twenty. I'm not sure if we're going to be competing by twenty twenty eight. So yeah. let's let's just, let's just you try know,
1: for twenty twenty nine. I know that he's going to be. 24 in the month of october you know but you know what like
0: o'neill cruz he's a bit mature in our system we could uh we could definitely trade him for some for some young prospects yes he is you know what he's
1: hitting 220 in the minors that's definitely why
0: yeah or uh
1: who cares he has a 330 obp a 402 slugging percentage he has seven home runs, uh five doubles, yeah, two triples. What what are, what are we doing?
0: Yeah, or what could happen is uh the pirates like go on an eight-game winning streak from July 22nd to July like 29th, and then they trade O'Neill Cruz for Merrill Kelly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
1: It's a full repeat of, of Chris full Archer. Repeat.
0: Like you um, or he could even, I mean. Unfortunately, Chris Archer is on a competitive team this year in the That's twins. That's true. But they could do the exact same thing. They could here's like, he about the same value as he did four years ago when they made that trade.
1: The Pirates have gotten the second lowest production out of shortstops by wins above replacement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if there's a shortstop they could get to improve that.
0: Yeah. You can't well, maybe tell me being, that they're uh, trying to win. Maybe in next year's lockout, they'll change the service time thing.
1: In next year's lockout. Yeah. You can't tell me that the pirates are trying to compete. Yeah, no. <laughs> like they like the Reds, you know, got pointed a lot, pointed out a lot after their their big fire sale. I think the Pirates might be outdoing them just with the O'Neill Cruise situation.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Like who is who is taking that bats for them at shortstop?
0: Is it Kevin Newman? The,
1: Kevin Newman has had 52 plate appearances. Oh, okay. It's mostly been Diego Castillo, who I believe they got in the, was it the Clay Holmes trade? It was, I think it was the Clay Holmes trade. Hmm. Who okay. is how old is he? He's pretty young. He's promising, but he's not the future shortstop.
0: Yeah. No way.
1: He also has a seventy-three weighted runs created plus whatever. I'm not gonna look too far into that. He's young.
0: And then yeah, now I'm curious at what. <laughs> compare that to he is 24
1: years old yeah
0: o'neill cruz milb um maybe o'neill cruz is just stinking it up in the minors i mean
1: he's not really though i just mentioned he had a 220 average but he has a 330 obp
0: he's a 732 ops but also like there is like a trend of guys that shouldn't be in the minors like just kind of Throwing in the towel in the minors, yeah. Like, there's definitely like been... he
1: knows, like he knows that if he was in any other organization, he'd be up right now. Like, even the Reds called up Hunter Green and Nicoladolo and ignored their service time.
0: Yeah. So stupid. You know, um,
1: like they're blatantly being like, this guy is too good. We need to keep him down here because he would help us win games, and he would be available on the free agent market too early.
0: Yeah, very true. Like, it couldn't
1: be any more obvious. They're also trying to, I don't know if you saw this, but they're trying to throw him in the outfield, which is only going to decrease his value because they're going to be like, oh, look, he, he's bad at defense. I guess, I guess we, uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess he's not that good. I guess we shouldn't pay him.
0: Yeah, his, uh, we put him a catcher and his runs, extra strikes have been awful.
1: Yeah. We tried using him as a relief pitcher. He <laughs> sucks. Please, please take him. We'll give you anything.
0: <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um. All right. What are the, what are their, uh, teams yes, are you other at?
1: organizations i looked at? I looked at the Cubs. Uh, I, mentioned Wilson Contreras. I threw Ian Happ in there. I think that could be an interesting...
0: Very much trade. so, yeah.
1: Yeah. David Robertson has been solid out of the bullpen for them. I also threw in Michael... Or, uh, Michael Givens, mm-hmm. the reliever. And yep. I threw in Patrick Wisdom.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oddly enough, I didn't throw in Frank Schwindel because one of them has been performing and one of them hasn't been.
0: Yeah, true, true, true. Um,
1: Which is... It it's weird. The Cubs are weird.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um and then uh and then yeah, what else? What other
1: so I had two more teams? The Colorado Rockies. The first player I listed was CJ Crown, but I think all other 29 GMs would be smart enough to know that if they trade for CJ Crown, they're not getting the guy that he's been this year.
0: Yeah, his uh I looked last night According to last night, or as of last night, my bad. Mm -hmm. As of last night, his Roto PS was 660, I think. Yes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like, I think it's in best interest for both CJ Crone and the Rockies to have him be a Rocky for the rest of his career. Yes. I think, I would hope the Rockies are smart enough to understand that, but I still threw him in because you know which organization we're talking about here.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: I also threw in Jose Iglesias. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I threw in uh, Daniel Bard, who has been solid for them out of the bullpen. I yeah, don't think they one trade the Marquez. I, put. I don't think uh, I don't think they trade Marquez. I don't think they trade like Sensatella or Freeland. They ju- they literally just extended Freeland and they extended Sensatella
0: yeah. last year. And with those so. starting pitchers, like they've been struggling this year and they're market value isn't great
1: exactly and i also put tyler kinley out of the bullpen who's he's been solid and i put alex colomay chris look at alex colomay's numbers it's the funniest thing
0: um yeah let's, let's take a look here 352 era 346 FIP. oh wow 4.7 strikeouts per nine 4.1 walks per nine. Zero home runs though and a 357 Babip. Okay. It's very interesting. Yeah. Yes. Very intriguing.
1: <laughs> it's
0: 4.7 strikeouts per nine. <laughs> um so uh so yeah, like uh what were the other Rockies outside of Cronin? Oh yeah, Bored bard i put bard,
1: down. yes
0: he's been very good 312 era um as of last night i just off the top of my head yeah 312 era you know very good strikeout numbers which is hard to do you know as a rocky because i think the the um the air kind of affects guys spin rates so it does hard to hard to get strikeouts uh or at least harder to get strikeouts there. Yeah. He would be a very valuable asset. He has ninth inning experience as well. So um, yeah, that would be very good for a a team to get. Uh, The other reliever I put was um, I think David Robertson from the Cubs. Uh, Yeah. He's, he would be, uh, he's a guy with a lot of experience and uh, he would be pretty valuable. Um, Last team I went
1: with was the Arizona diamondbacks. I put down Christian Walker.
0: Yeah, who has been
1: having a revolutionary season, revolutionary revelation. I, I combined two <laughs> words there. He's been playing very good defense, hitting the ball hard. He had some rough Babbitt luck in April, but that's been coming around in May. David Peralta I also put, even though it feels wrong. And then I put yeah. Merrill, Merrill Kelly. I put Ian Kennedy. I didn't put Mark Melanson because at this point I know, he has a 7.04 ERA yeah (laughs) I I can't bring myself to do it yeah Uh, and then Um, I have Noe Ramirez as well
0: right right Red Sox legend yes um yeah Noe Ramirez like for three years the Red Sox would consistently just get called up for like a week and then back down to Pawtucket yes um yeah Christian Walker I just I had no idea about him yeah 400 expected woba. Yeah. For those, if if you're wondering what that means, I mean, just to put it frankly, he's in the 94th percentile for expected woba. So he's only like six percent of the league has been better than. Uh, him.
1: quality of contact plus walks plus strikeouts.
0: Yeah. If you if you're curious about any advanced statistics we're using, check out episode 169 for a full breakdown mm-hmm. of uh of what we what, what we're talking about but yeah like and yeah has a 176 babbit which is more than 100 points below league average That's bad luck um so uh so yeah should should we get into some players to highlight yes we should um so yeah that was our trade you know a little little bit of a trade uh, breakdown christian walker i did like i didn't realize how unlucky he was getting that is insane Uh, yeah, he's like, uh, and yeah, with, he's a first baseman and also in
1: like the 90 something percentile and outs above average too.
0: Um, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. 95th percentile there. And I mean, he like looking at his fielding stats throughout his career, it's always, it's always been pretty good. 2019, he had 15 outs above average as a first baseman. That's wild. And, uh, this year he has four. So that would put him on track for something like 15, um. And yeah, I mean, he's cut down at strikeouts. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, yeah he's
1: definitely a good under the radar option.
0: Yeah, and uh, I put down the Astros and Twins as potential teams who would like a first baseman. Yeah. Um. So maybe they would. would I could get... see.
1: I could see that as a Houston thing, right?
0: Um.
1: Yeah. Like they're always they're all in with like the cutting edge stuff. Like the guy that you don't realize is good, that actually turns out to be great
0: yeah for sure for sure no doubt about it um
1: like i could see like remember when uh the astros got like kevin gossman and everyone was like oh my god they're gonna they're gonna fix him
0: yeah <laughs> like
1: i could see christian walker going to the astros and it's like oh my god of course they got the guy that that, every, that everyone was like looking at under the radar
0: yeah 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 there were a lot of astro like when aaron sanchez went to the astros yep um brian stanick yeah, yeah. I was really convinced on the Kevin Grossman thing. I I thought he would be a great Astro, but it was the Giants. He
1: figured at least at least someone figured him out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ended and now getting, he
1: is a Cy Young candidate.
0: Yeah, got 110 million and like leads the AL and FIP right now. Mm-hmm. Um pretty nuts. Yeah, but good for him. Uh now we'll get into some players to highlight. We'll start off with our Memorial 2022 Memorial Day edition of How about that? Um, Who do you got for us today?
1: Speaking of the Astros and uh, cutting edge, making the right move that no one expects It's not a meme anymore. I'm talking about Jeremy Pena
0: Yeah, I it's, mean It's, 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 it's <laughs> just past May
1: 28th rather than April 28th which was yep. the meme date of jeremy payton is going to be all right carlos correa is going to be having a downish year and everyone's going to be jokingly saying that jeremy Peña was the right move now it looks like jeremy Peña was actually the right move yeah <laughs> uh over this course of the season he is slashing 290 340 510 for an 850 ops that counts for a 148 weighted runs created plus he ranks ninth among all position players in f4 and he leads all shortstops in f4 think about all the big uh, free agent shortstops that we had last offseason you know Corey Seager right uh, yeah. Carlos Correa Trevor Story there was also Simeon out there the one who leads all all shortstops in F4 is the guy that the, the Astros replaced Correa with it's funny because we always talk about guys like Carlos Correa where it's like well you can't replace him but you know you can try to you can try to recreate him Legitimately, Jeremy Pena might be the best example of any recreation of a of a big time lost player that we've ever seen.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like slugging shortstop. Um, Yes, I haven't looked at his defensive numbers, but I don't think they're bad.
1: Uh, He's ninety fifth percentile in as of average, I believe
0: that's that's pretty wild yeah
1: yeah since may 2nd he's been even more impressive he has a slash line of 377 397 594 for a 992 ops for a 191 weighted rated plus and going back again over the course of the season he ranks second among all shortstops in barrels per plate appearances uh that would be 8.1 the only shortstop above him is willie adamas and he has done the most damage against four seam fastballs compared to anything else of his. Uh, among the 733 pitches from any pitcher to have 25 plate appearance and and against them, Jeremy Payne's 389 batting average against four seamers ranks 32nd among those 733. His 694 slugging ranks 34th, and his 499 wOBA ranks 21st. But all that pales in comparison to his. Expected statistics his 384 expected batting average ranks 16th, his 779 slugging percentage ranks 18th, and his 519 expected wobo ranks 9th, 9th hmm. out of 300, 9th out of 733. That is Jeremy Pena on fastballs, and that is Jeremy Pena in general.
0: Jeremy Pena, How about that? um, any CBL alum, also, yes, um, so. Yeah, Jeremy Pena has been uh, absolutely killing the game. Um, my, how about that? Is uh, a subject um, we've actually already covered. This team, I, I'm guilty of doing a repeat team again this early in the season when we have a goal of getting to every team. Well, you know, I, I'm, I have it's confidence. Right. We'll get we'll get to we'll get to every yeah. team, but
1: we're like almost halfway at this point.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm talking about the Yankees starting rotation. Um, I don't think we've done the Yankees. Um, well, we've talked about the Yankee. I don't think we've done or no, we we did play Holmes.
1: No, no, we didn't do a, how about that on him? I, I used him as an all-star.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So it's a repeat team. team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I just misremembered it. Um, Yeah, so we're doing – so I'm talking about the Yankees starting rotation. Um, And in its last 29 games, the staff has a 276 ERA, 302 FIP, 5.2 strikeout-to-walk ratio, and a 20.2% strikeout-minus-walk rate. That's insane. Uh, In this span, they are third in ERA, second in strikeout-minus-walk rate, first in walks per nine, First in strikeout to walk ratio, first in FIP, and first in F war. And I'm talking about this Yankees rotation because, like, you know, they're they're obviously project, they're usually projected to be a good team, but usually one of their uh, weak spots is their starting rotation. They've always kind of had that's always been kind of their their weak spot. They've always had good offense, they've usually had a good, good bullpen, but their starting staff hasn't been all that great. But this year. This year, it's uh, it seems to be different. Um, individually, uh, in in this uh, twenty nine game span from the Yankees, uh, Garrett Cole has a two seven two ERA, two oh eight FIP, and thirty nine, and that is in thirty nine and two thirds innings pitch in six starts, and he also leads all pitchers in F four, uh, in this span, and then Jamison Tyon uh, in this span has a two o one ERA, two five three FIP in 31 and a third innings pitch in five starts. And uh, Nestor Cortez uh, has continued his amazing success. 193 ERA, 306 fifth in 37 and a third innings pitch in six starts in this uh, 29 game span for the Yankees. Um, what's the biggest change for the Yankees has been their uh, walks per nine. Uh, overall this year, they have the lowest walks per nine in the league. Uh, last year, they had a, last year their starters had a 2.9 had or had 2.9 walks per 9 and this year they have 1.9 walks per 9 uh, in their last 12 starts collectively they have 1.0 walks per 9 you know and so in their last 12 starts only one uh one batter has uh has got on every nine you know has got on via the walk every nine innings uh also The Yankees, as a whole staff, uh, bullpen and starters uh, throughout the whole year, they have the highest chase rate in all of baseball, and uh, their starters have been a big part of that. If you look at the percentiles for chase rate this year, overall, Nestor Cortez is in the 71st percentile. Garrett Cole is in the 85th. Jamison Tyon is in the 88th. And surprisingly enough, Jordan Montgomery is in the 95th percentile in chase rate. So, um, you know, they they have uh, the lowest walk rate in the league and uh, they've been killing it in the last 29 games and just killing it all year. They lead, a, you know, throughout the year, overall, Yankee starters lead an F war, um, which is not a sentence that you usually hear. So the uh, yankees starting rotation getting a How about that? amazing um so yeah they've been uh they've we've been... covered
1: 13 teams by the way so far
0: all right all right and it's uh yeah,
1: we're almost halfway
0: almost halfway it's you it's it's just like the last four teams you're just always like anytime you look at the f4 leaderboards it's like uh, I hope it's – last year it was like, oh, I hope there's a Met here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was like
1: Met – I think the Yankees were one of the last teams we covered last year because they had a tough start. And also it's tough to cover the Yankees when so many of their players are high profile.
0: Yes. Yeah, I forget. Like, I think you highlighted Jonathan Loisega was the first yes. guy. Um. Yeah, that that was like the 26th or 27 team we, we covered – Um, all right. Uh, so now we go from the highs to the lows talking about players and subjects that have been underperforming, uh, now, uh, for our 2022 Memorial Day edition of slightly alarming. Uh, who do you got for us today?
1: Chris, at the start of the the episode, you mentioned your F4 team and how they were kind of struggling. And one of, one of my guys is on your F4 team. So I'm sorry. I'm talking about Jose Barrios. Uh, yeah, he had a tough start yesterday against the Angels. No strikeouts, one walk, two home runs allowed. And yeah. I was gonna u- I was gonna use him as a slightly alarming originally, and then that happened, and I was like, well, that's just too easy. Yeah. So through 49 and two thirds innings pitched, Jose Barrios has 6.52 strikeouts per nine, which is the lowest of his career over by over a full strikeout. Uh, He has 1.63 home runs per nine, which is his highest since 2016, and a 31.4% ground ball rate, the lowest of his career by 7%. And his 13.1% drop in ground ball rate between last year and this year is the 13th largest drop among the 245 qualifiers between the two years. And three of his four pitches that he throws, you know, we talk about how Jose Barrios has such great stuff, that's kind of been his that's kind of been what he was best known for since he came up but three of his four pitches have an expected batting average above 310 and the one pitch that doesn't which is his curveball has a 67 point difference between average and expected batting average so even that one should be getting hit more than it is even if it's not at a 310 clip and all four of his pitches have a third have a 530 expected slugging or higher against uh, 30% of all pitches he has thrown have ended up in game day zones four, five, seven, or eight. What that means is that it's on the inner part of the plate or the low inner part of the plate to a righty. And that's 30% of his pitches. That is tied for the most, the highest rate among the 139 pitchers with at least 500 pitches thrown. And uh, the pitches that he throws in those zones have a 358 expected batting average and a 747 ex- expected slugging percentage. So. Jose Barrios, he's been missing location a lot. It hasn't been working for him and it could be argued that he's actually getting lucky.
0: Yeah, it's uh pretty funny. Yeah, Jose Barrios. slightly alarming. So um yeah, once again we're on the same page. I also had Jose Barrios yeah. um, so we'll give some more stats. It's a bad day for Ho- it's a bad day to be Jose Barrios. Uh So in his last five starts, he has a 7.01 ERA and a 5.01 FIP. Um, Out of 68 qualifying pitchers in his last five starts, his ERA ranks third worst. Um, Overall, on the year, out of 61 qualifying pitchers, his FIP ranks eighth worst, and his home runs per nine rank sixth worst. And then, yeah, just going to the Savant page, it's brutal. It's bad. It's bad. His average exit velocity is 8th percentile, hard hit percentage, 11th percentile, expected WOBA and expected ERA is 2nd percentile, expected batting average, 3rd, expected slugging, 2nd, barrel rate, ninth percentile, and uh, strikeout rate even is 15th percentile. Whiff rate is ninth percentile. Uh, it's just brutal across the board. Um And then, uh, yeah, his strikeout rate is at its lowest. It's been in his career at 16.2% and it's never been below, uh, 22% since his first year in the league, uh, after never having a ground ball rate below 39.1%, it is 30.6% this year. Uh, that is a difference of eight and a half percentage points. Um, his line drive rate is also a career high by 5.5 percentage points, And, uh, yeah, what was interesting to me was last year hitters slugged 538 off his forcing fastball, which was the highest slugging percentage off any of his pitches. For some reason he's increased his, uh, usage of his forcing fastball by 9.8 percentage points this year. And now they're slugging 638 off of it. Um, so like he took his worst pitch and he used it by almost 10% more, um,
1: I was going to highlight that, but I was like, you know what? Every pitch has not been good, so what's the point of being like, well, you should be throwing this one more, even though you'll get hit on that too.
0: Yeah, yeah, and like his curveball, yeah, you mentioned his curveball isn't doing crazy bad, but even that, it's like the usage has been about the same as it was last year. He just increased the fastball. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so yeah, I've I've noticed Barrios on my team. Like, I mean, I, yeah, last like on the blue Jays last year, he, his strikeout minus walk rate was great. And then, uh, and then, yeah, this, this year, I don't know, maybe, maybe it was the thing, you know, he just got a contract. Maybe it was a thing where, you know, I don't think it really ever happens. I think it's just cliche, but like where you get a contract and you just start, uh, I don't think, yeah, that's the case. Yeah. But like he's, uh, yeah, not doing well at all this year. I mean, the strikeout numbers are very alarming. Um, but for today, we are giving collectively Jose Barrios a slightly alarming. Um, all right. So that does it for players to highlight for good and bad reasons. And, uh, yeah, time to get into a preview of the week ahead. I will be talking about some series to watch. Daniel will be talking about some day by day matchups that he himself is, uh, is looking at. And yeah, as far as series go, um, there are three intriguing ones. I would say, um, we start off with the, a, uh, a play a playoff rematch. I don't know if anyone remember would, I don't know if a lot of people remember, uh, from 2020, but, uh, Padres Cardinals um that is uh gonna be in st louis but uh yeah both teams i think if the season ended today would have a playoff spot um
1: yes they would they would both be wild cards
0: yeah they would both be yeah they, they hold the one and two spots in the wild card race so uh yeah that would be that's a uh, a good series matchup to look at i believe yeah that is a three-game series um then starting on tuesday we have uh, Yankees Angels um, at Yankee Stadium. That would uh, that should be a good one, although the Angels just came off a tough series against the Blue Jays, so we'll see if they can bounce back against a, a different ALEs team. And then lastly, uh, we have Blue Jays White Sox to look at. Uh, Blue Jays just came off a good series against the Angels, just as mentioned. And uh, White Sox are, uh, you know, we know they're an AL Central favorite, so uh, we'll see if they can uh, if they can put up a com- competitive series against uh, the Blue Jays, who we both picked to win the AL East. And are I currently... picked them to win the
1: World Series.
0: Yeah, yeah. I well, I picked them. Yeah, I picked them to win the American League as well, not just the AL East. But uh, but yeah, that uh, that does it for series to watch. What do you got for day by day matchups? So today,
1: uh, I'm looking at a lot of things. There's not a ton of great pitching matchups today, but I think one thing that's interesting is in the first end of the double header between Brewers, Cubs, or Wrigley, uh, Ethan Small for the Brewers and Matt Swarmer for the Cubs will both be making their major league debuts against each other. Oh, sick. That'll be a fun one. Uh, the d- second end, you got Aaron Ashby versus Drew Smiley, which you might be thinking, Drew Smiley's still playing? He is. Yeah. He's on the Cubs. You have not really not a lot of great pitching today. You have Logan Webb versus Kyle Gibson in Philly's Giants. That'll be a good one. You have Pablo Lopez pitching for the Marlins against the Rockies at Coors. You have Rich Hill pitching for the Red Sox in the finale of the five-game series at Fenway. You have Drew Rasmussen facing the Rangers at Globe Life Field for the Rays. You have Spencer Strider versus Zach Gallen in Braves Diamondbacks. Uh, at Chase Field, and you have Walker Buehler going for the Dodgers tonight at Dodgers Stadium against the Pirates. Matchup of the night comes from uh, Astros and A's at the Coliseum. Framber Valdez versus Paul Blackburn, who hasn't gotten enough credit. He's started throwing his sinker a lot more. He's getting a lot of ground balls. If you want ground balls, this is the matchup to watch. Framber Valdez versus Paul Blackburn. Yeah,
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, for Amber, any game with Frambo Framber Valdez, if you will, if you like ground balls, you got to be watching that one. Yes, Just goes without saying. On Tuesday, you have uh, Cal Quantrill going for the Guardians against the Royals. You have Ranger Suarez going for the Phillies against the Giants. You have George Kirby going for the Mariners against the Orioles at Camden. You have Noah Syndergaard versus Jordan Montgomery in Angels and yankees at yankee stadium you have Luis castillo going for the reds against the red Sox at fenway uh patrick corbin and uh trevor williams facing each other in uh city field nationals by the way uh in their game today world series is on the line yeah if you know you know
0: yeah just look at their record
1: also patrick corbin has been like a reverse of years past like he has a high era but his fib is very low and he's not giving up a ton of home runs Hmm. Let me, let me look at the exact numbers. I want to get this right. But last night, last I checked, he was uh ah, okay. I mean a 630 ERA, but a 4.52 FIP. So I guess it's still not great, but I mean, he's given up 1.1 1. 1 home runs per nine, which is much better than the 1.8 he'd given up between 2020 and 21 That's a plus. Adam Wainwright will be going for the Cardinals against the Padres at St. Louis. Martin Perez will be going for the Rangers against the Rays at Globe Life. Eric Lauer versus Justin Steele in Brewers-Cubs. This is the series of lefties. (laughs) Aaron Ashby versus Drew Smiley, then Eric Lauer versus Justin Steele. That's a good one. Uh, Ramon Marquez will be going for the Rockies against the Marlins at Coors. Christian Javier and Frankie Montas will be facing each other in A's Astros in the Coliseum. Uh, Charlie Morton will be going for the Braves against the Diamondbacks at Chase. Julio Arias will be going for the Dodgers against the Pirates. Matchup of the night, probably the easiest one of the of the week. Uh, comes from Blue Jays and White Sox at Toronto. You have Lucas Gigolito versus Kevin Gaussman. Yeah. Yep. That's the best matchup of the week. You're
0: yeah, going to want to watch sure.
1: that one. And then we turn the calendar to June on Wednesday. You have Carlos Carrasco going for the Mets against the Nationals at Citi Field. You have not a lot of matchups announced. You have Justin Verlander versus Cole Irvin in Astros A's in the Coliseum. You have Kyle Wright versus Madison Bumgarner in Braves Diamondbacks. That's matchup of the night. Uh, You have Robbie Ray going against the Orioles facing a former division rival. You have Reed Detmers versus uh, Nestor Cortez in Angels Yankees. You have Michael Kopech versus Yunjin Ryu in White Sox, Blue Jays. That's an intriguing one. Hunter Green uh, against the Green Monster at Fenway. Mm. Red Sox have a nice setter. This is a good one. Not a match of the night, but uh, Bailey Ober versus Tarek Skubal in Twins Tigers at Comerica. That is a good one. Under the radar, sneaky good matchup. You have Jeffrey Springs versus John Gray in Rays Rangers. Uh Kyle Hendricks will be going for the Cubs against the Brewers, not a lefty, unfortunately. Doesn't count. Jose Quintana versus Mitch White in Pirates Dodgers. Magic of the Night comes from the Giants Phillies game. You have Carlos Rodon versus Aaron Nola. Mm. That's yeah. that's a pretty easy one as well.
0: Couple of guys with much lower FIPS than ERAs. Yes. <laughs> uh all right, so. That'll do it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed this one. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens, go to our YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio. Uh, if you uh, if you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. And follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. We hope you enjoyed this one, and we hope to see you on thursday where we'll be talking about uh, all the happenings in major league baseball once again see you then this conversation this conversation is over is over